Good morning and welcome to another episode of The Chamber Files, the podcast for the downtown Des Moines Chamber, the ACCE Chamber of the Year, the greatest chamber in the universe. We're recording this podcast at the Des Moines Radio Group, conveniently located across from the Sculpture Garden. Chamber Files, that's spelled with a PH. Like phenomenal. Like our guest today, Megan Milligan, the CEO of the Iowa Center for Economic Success. How are you doing, Megan? I'm great. Thanks for having me here today. Yeah, Megan. So, you know, Megan, Iowa Center for Economic Success. That's a wonderful, wonderful name for an organization. And uh, outside of uh, the, the mission I looked up was to empower Iowans with the potential to succeed as they pursue opportunities for financial success. How do you do that? So pretty clever mission statement. It gives us a lot of uh, a lot of room to grow, right, and mm-hmm. evolve to be whatever we want to be as long as there's economic success involved. Um, but we specifically focus on helping people start and grow small business. Okay. So we want people to be able to support themselves, their communities, and their families with their own ideas. Okay. So how is that... Uh different from, say, like the SBA? or So we actually receive SBA funding. Our Women's Business Center is partially funded by the SBA and helps us um, create a lot of our classes and coaching that we offer. Uh, but what sets the Iowa Center apart from a lot of other groups is that we do it all under one roof. So we're able to do the coaching, the classes, we do taxes, we do loans. Um, so we're able to send somebody, when you come in and you want help on growing your business, we can send you down the hall instead of up the street for your next set of services. Awesome. Now, Megan, I want to get to know you a little bit, and I'm sure our listeners do too. Talk to me about your journey uh, to being the CEO of the Iowa Center for Economic Success. How did you start? How did you get into it? How long have you been in Des Moines? Tell me everything I need to know. Well, my journey is weird. It actually started in college in a room just like this. I did the news for my local Loyola Chicago um, news station, radio station. And uh, majored in television and film production and thought that that's what I was going to do. My first job was a soap opera in New York City. Very nice. And then met my husband who was in, um, living in, in Des Moines. And we met and I came here and we set ourselves up for a first date, decided we liked each other. And I moved here and then had to switch careers. Uh, and so um, found nonprofit and found economic development. I've been at the Iowa Center since 2014. Uh, and, you know, like all of our paths, it was long and winding. I've owned a restaurant with my brother. Don't do it. <laughs> I've owned my own consulting firm. Highly recommend it. Um, so I've been an entrepreneur myself um, and then have to think entrepreneurial as I lead a small company as well. Um, and so Iowa Center has been around since the 80s. I've had the honor of being part of it since the teen, 14s. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're obviously just continuing to try to grow and figure out how to serve that small business community. Very cool. And, you know, that's the beauty of it. Like you like you said, you've pretty much done it all, right? So when you have someone coming in that has uh, uh, an idea for a small business, the world's their oyster and life mm-hmm. is good. Uh, you've kind of had that moment where just now you're like, I don't recommend opening a restaurant. Uh, is that a hard part for, uh, you know, looking someone with a twinkle in their eye and giving them a healthy dose of reality? You know, I think reality finds itself. So um, mostly what we try to do is is give them the core skills that they need. How do you do your profit and loss statement? How do you keep the books in the back? How do you hire and fire and all of that stuff? And then the real life meat of it, the tragedies and successes, mm-hmm. um, they get on their own. If you give anybody too much of a heads up, yep. then you kind of ruin the fun part. Yeah, which is like <laughs> learning, right? Right, yeah, yeah. exactly. And I'm a small business owner myself. And uh, yeah, there was no heads up to a global 
pandemic, yeah. right? Yeah. And no, nobody wants to hear the bad stuff from you. It's just like being a parent, right? If I say, oh, well, it's really hard to run a business with your brother because he's going to boss you around and that mm-hmm. kind of is horrible. Right. I'm like, no, no, it's fine. I really like my brother. You know, it's everybody always has a comeback for how they will overcome Absolutely. the tricky stuff. So. Might as well just let them figure it out. Yeah, and uh, you know, be there for them when they do have to figure it out and need right. some advice and guidance. Exactly. Um, so now, you know, I did bring up uh, COVID nineteen, the pandemic. Uh, we're going to talk about this real quick. We don't need to spend a lot of time on it. But I kind of, uh, what are some of the things you're doing that small businesses are requiring that help with that maybe wasn't a consideration before? Yeah. Well, I think the the lesson that's in you know eternal when when this eventually passes and we look back and we're still having these kinds of conversations is um, COVID has taught us that we have to learn how to pivot, we have to learn how to be adaptable, and we have to learn not to get too attached to anything. Right. Right. I mean, it's the same with the schools. But really, those lessons have been there all along. We just didn't learn them in such a condensed, concentrated dose of, you know, something goes differently than what you had on paper. And you have to figure out how to do it differently if you want to keep up with that idea that you had. So you think you're going to be a storefront. Now you're not. How do you pivot to being online? And those are the kinds of things that small business owners have been figuring out forever. They're just now getting attention for it. Right. And uh, what are some of... uh these success stories, if you will, you'd like to share. Maybe you can pick one out uh, that, you know, just sort of an inspiring moment for those listening right now, thinking like, oh, the world's going to end. Well, you know, one of the businesses that I just love and is near to dear to my heart is The Collective, which is over on Southwest Fifth Street. Mm -hmm. And she had been working in a nonprofit herself and um, just finally got up the guts and had the financial backing to quit that full-time job and make her storefront her full-time job. And then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, people aren't coming into the shop. They're not buying all of the, you know, thousands of dollars worth of merchandise that she had loaded up on to get ready. And um, she had to move to online Mm -hmm. and move to a website. And then she figured out, okay, next phase is to put a little table out in front of my door and people can come and point to what they want that's inside the shop. Mm -hmm. And, And just, again... Something that has certainly been amplified because of COVID, but five years from now, if you listen to this podcast again, there's going to be something else that's happened that has to cause um, small business owners to learn how to adapt if they want to continue to support themselves. Um, And so she's, you know, the collective, check it out. It's, you know, it's it's, um, how to live with less waste and less chemicals. And and that's important. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, it's it's, it's beautiful. Like you have... Uh, places such as yours where people who have started small businesses or probably have had small business for a while decided, hey, I need to do something different or better mm-hmm. to come and use as a resource. Um, now, speaking of resources, it sounds like you guys do classes and it seems like every Tuesday. Uh, what are some of the things that people uh, can come take a class on and how would they go about finding this out? Is it something they have to sign up for? Uh, I know you have a website. Do you want to talk about some of that? Yeah, so our website is uh, theiowacenter.org. And if you go there, we have our list of classes. Most you need to register for. We want to be ready to receive you and do our best to serve you. Mm-hmm. Um, many of the things that we offer come without a fee. Uh, most of the things we do come without a fee. But we do have series and, and more deeper dive classes and programs that um, that do have a class fee and, and come with scholarship opportunities. But you know, what we do is we're not going to teach you if you want to be a potter. We're not going to teach you how to throw clay. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to start a podcast, we're not going to teach you how to create really good content. But what we teach you is how to run the back of the house, how mm-hmm. to run a business like a business so it can be successful and your idea and your passion 
can translate into something that actually pays your mortgage or your rent. Right. And so those are the kind of classes that you'll find at the Iowa Center. Okay. Um, would it be safe to say that anyone who has a passion for anything and is willing to give it their all needs to quit their day job? No. Gosh, no. <laughs> Thank God. I was hoping you would have told me to do that. <laughs> you know, the world and is becoming easier and easier to uh, be a multi-hyphenate and wear lots of different hats. Now, hopefully that slows down a little bit because I think most of us are pretty exhausted by trying to be everything that every idea that we have, we can do it now. Right. Because it seems like logistically that's possible. But the most important thing is to be able to keep the promises you've made to yourself and to your family. Mm-hmm. And that includes shelter and food, and education, and a bike, and things like that. I'm glad, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, keep the day job until your side hustle can become that day job. And then that's when you kind of phase one out and the other one in. Good. Solid advice. And one that I've uh, taken myself in the sense that people always have this impression that, hey, if you haven't quit everything and you're not on the street just committing every Mm -hmm. single waking minute to it, you're not doing enough, man. And like, it's got (laughs) to know that, hey, you know what? You could just take a class at the Iowa Center for Economic Success, Mm -hmm. figure it out while you do your day job, start your business, do it well, figure things out, and then, you know, decide what's actually your day job, right? You know, it's all going to be hard, but you don't have to suffer. So, like, let's avoid suffering at all costs. Right, unless you're an artist, in which case you have to suffer to create. Right, we we wouldn't have music without suffering or poetry, but (laughs) but yes. But if you're just opening a restaurant, please, gosh, keep, you know, start seeing, see if your friends like your food first. (laughs) I sense a little, um, you you mentioned owning a restaurant before, and I sense that that is a sore subject for you in the sense that you you really want to hug people who've come to you and said, hey, I'm opening up a restaurant. So uh, if you were thinking of opening up a restaurant, talk to Megan first. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, Because I do want to be fed. So I'm very appreciative of restaurant owners. So uh, let's talk about the small business environment in Des Moines. How do you feel it compares to other cities? You've obviously done, looked at the data and yeah. Well, looking at the data, so there's the, you know, there's anecdotal information and then there's the hard facts. Um, Iowa, we keep saying that we're affordable and bringing it back to the chamber, what a fantastic job they've done to make this a welcoming place to um, hang that shingle, find a lease, all of that. So I think one of the things that sets Des Moines apart is the accessibility, whether it's financially or friendly-wise. I mean, there's not a person that you couldn't cold call in Mm -hmm. Des Moines because you probably know somebody who has their email or their phone number, and people are really receptive here. So the mentoring and the coaching and the access to a great um, a great lease is way better here than it is in some of the larger cities that are in the Midwest or certainly the coasts. So that's what sets us apart, I think. Um, that said, you know, Iowans, most most Iowans are from Iowa. Right. And so the, the, um, the diversity of interest in what we're looking for for our shopping or our eating is maybe a little slower to catch up than other cities. Um, and so some of those restaurants that come from immigrants – um, or those shops that are not necessarily owned by somebody who was born and bred and raised here and went to Lincoln and all of that stuff is maybe a little slower to catch up than some of the bigger cities that have more natural mm-hmm. diversity. And so then, therefore, a larger audience for your weird food right. that you're offering to yep. us. Um, but I think as Iowans, we are also becoming more curious and we're kind of aware of that. And so some of those immigrant-owned restaurants or or businesses that are not traditionally um, – Iowan are starting to see some success. You know, that's amazing that, like, now that I think about it, too, the city has changed. I've lived in Des Moines for over 20 years, and uh, you're right. It's evolving into Mm -hmm. uh, things that uh, weren't available in Des Moines. 
uh, 10 years ago. And now that I think about it, most of those new available things are pretty much all small businesses. Mm -hmm. And uh, is that something you see uh, sort of the trend shifting in Des Moines where uh, all the new things, the cool things are just going to be small businesses or are they just going to be, is, is the world of chain things over? Yes, I think so. I hope so. <laughs> um, you know, and, and and the cool thing I think about Iowa and why we're just perfectly positioned to do this is it, it's just like going back to politics and, and why the caucuses are so important to us. It's like if we haven't made eye contact with that person running for president, we can't vote for them. Mm-hmm. If we don't know the person that's making the food that we're eating, we can't eat at that restaurant. Right. Right. And there's this honor um, that we take very seriously about knowing the people that are feeding us, cutting our hair, taking care of our children, cleaning our homes, uh-huh. and all of that. And so, you know, I don't know why it took a while, um, but we're here now, and right. we're starting to appreciate that shopping local, buying local, what an impact it has on us, our families, our neighborhoods, our collective success. Um, and that's um, that's a huge opportunity that, that we're finally leveraging. Love it. Um, I do want to bring up one more thing. You mentioned it earlier. Talk to me a little bit more about the Women's Business Center. So the Women's Business Center is an initiative by the SBA. It's been around since the 90s. We are one of the first and the only one in Iowa. And it was it was created by the SBA to recognize that women just weren't creating sustainable businesses at the same rate as the male counterparts. And what was unique to women um, that caused them a challenge that men maybe didn't see. Hopefully, most of those unique challenges will start to level out. Men are becoming more involved in school so that women can be more involved at their jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's starting to change. Um, hopefully we eradicate the need to have something called a Women's Business Center. Right. But in the meantime, we're able to sometimes address some of those unique challenges that moms and women um, face when they're trying to, to grow a business. Awesome. One yeah. last thing for you, and uh, uh, before you let me know if there's anything else you want to bring up, is how if someone's listening to this podcast and go like, Matt, this is amazing, I want to get involved, how do they go about doing that? So again, visit our website. Everything's online these days, right? Right. Um, But we are always looking for people that need help and support in growing their ideas or their businesses. And we're also looking for those coaches. Our team of 13 can't possibly know every single nuanced need of all the small business owners out there. So we we depend a lot on volunteers. Mm -hmm. So reach out to us if you have a skill you're willing to share um, or an idea you want to launch. Awesome. Megan, you've been an amazing guest. This is great. I would uh, recommend everyone go check out the Iowa Center of Econ- by, for Economic Success on theiowacenter.org. This has been another episode of the Chamber Files, the podcast for the Downtown Chamber of Commerce. Megan Milligan, you're our guest today with the Iowa Center. Did I get that right? You did. Yes. Good job. Yes, you killed it. And Kate's our producer. <laughs> We are recording this at the Des Moines Radio Group, uh, located downtown across from the Sculpture Garden. If you'd like to record your own podcast, you can certainly do so. They'll give you a producer, a studio, everything you need to make that podcast sound like you didn't record it on your phone in your mom's basement. So contact Michael Hope if you'd like to do that. Des Moines Radio Group's been great to the downtown chamber. I'm Sid Worker. This has been another episode. We thank you for listening. Thank you, Megan. Thank you. Thank you.